Hey there, welcome out to the Backwoods for Backwoods Belief. This is Jeff Wright. I'm here with Ben as always, but we have a very special guest for you guys today. Mr. A.D. Robles has decided to join us for a special episode, and we couldn't be more delighted by that. So, A.D., how you doing, man? I'm doing great, and uh, I, I'm very appreciative of you calling me a special guest. I feel special. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, those old sitcoms on a very special episode of Backwoods Belief. <laughs> Yes, I'm glad to be here. This is great stuff, man. I honestly, I, I, I only started listening to your podcast with the Allie Beth Stuckey uh, uh, episode, which I thought was great. And uh, I was in the Dominican Republic last week, and I just like binged a few, a few episodes right in a row. So good stuff, man. Nice. Oh, that is very generous of you. Thank you, sir. Feel free to come on anytime and tell us how great we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ben was the initiator, I guess, of, of lining you up. And we kind of wanted to talk about uh, I guess the way I'm going to frame it is jolly culture warring. Um, some of the things we've we've put in the hopper is why uh, why white pill Wednesday is important, why fighting black pill is uh, is so important. Also, um, AD, I, I want to ask you for some coaching because <laughs> I, I run into a difficulty, and I need your I need your help on this. But I mean, I'm guessing anybody listening to this podcast knows who you are really well, but could you know, just in case, could I ask, um, when did you start using, let's say, YouTube to address an evangelical audience, particularly on the, I mean, you know, I met you through the Big Eva, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say criticism, but, you know, analysis. When did you start that project? You know, that's a really good question. Uh, when was Trump elected? Do you guys remember? 2016. Yeah, it was 16. Yeah, in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first time he was elected, uh, it was it was shortly after that. So uh, it's been, you know, at this point, you know, seven years, six years, something like that. Yeah, yeah, seven years. Wow, amazing. Yeah, I see. It, it feels like it was before that because I I remember kind of first seeing you come on the scene with the oh the MLK fifty stuff. But w- did you start doing stuff after that? Because that was twenty fifteen. Okay, so it must have been a little bit before that. And maybe it was that maybe it was like the run up to his election then. Cuz I remember it was right around when everyone was like really obsessed with talking about him for the very first time. So, it, yeah, it was it was it was a little bit before MLK 50. So, it must have been before he was elected. Good good call. Yeah. Um what was your what was your kind of red pill moment on on e- Big Eva because ironically enough, it was the MLK 50 conference plus kind of seeing through jd greer uh that did that for me yep you you may not know this but i was on the erlc leadership council the year before mlk 50 um so there's been some there's been some changes um yeah (laughs) is that what triggered uh this change no it was a personal thing for me so so um what happened with me was i worked in new york city at a, a big corpo type company uh on wall street and I was doing really well and all that kind of stuff. And I met my wife there. Everything was going great. And then I decided to pursue, you know, maybe a, like a, maybe maybe I'm cut out for pastoral ministry. So I actually applied to an internship with Jared C. Wilson of Gospel Coalition fame. Uh, he was a pastor in Vermont at the time. We became friends. I got the internship. You know, we became friendly. And uh, he moved away shortly after I took the internship, which was a little weird. But uh, we kind of remained friendly, you know, on online and, you know, text message, things like that. And anyway, so all this woke stuff started happening. I remember starting to, like, you know, make little comments here and there on Facebook, you know, just about how, like, I wasn't down with it because I, you know, I I figured as a Puerto Rican, everyone expected me to be down with it, but I wasn't. And I would make these comments here and there. And uh, I'll never forget this. I forget exactly what the issue was, but it's something to do with public school. I was against something in public school. And, and Jared on Facebook commented on what I had said and said that the only reason that you're saying that is because of your white privilege, which was so weird <laughs> because I, I knew oh, that he knew oh. that I was Puerto Rican. <laughs> and that's when, I, that's when I, I knew that this was a big issue. It was blinding people in like the most ridiculous of ways. And that's kind of when I started saying, you know, this, there's something here. <laughs> man that guy I, I was trying to book him to come into my church because I, I have a uh, I'm the pastor of a very small Baptist church and we we're close enough to, to Nashville where I can kind of catch guys coming in for something bigger yeah. and maybe you know tag on 
because I thought he was writing better stuff uh, than Jamie Smith, who at the time had written You Are What You Love. Mm. And uh, man, looking back with those two names, Jerry Wilson and Jamie Smith, it kind of sets you up yeah. for why white pills are so important. <laughs> I mean, my bookshelf is covered with people who I can't commend anyone reading. Yeah. Now, you know, an individual book may be incredible, yeah, but I can't, yeah. you know, I have to be like, look, read this and read nothing after it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But no, that, that's what it was for me. It was a very personal thing. Um, and, you know, I knew that if it could infect, you know, Jared's opinion of me, and he knew me, like, I knew it was a serious issue, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I had um, a friend that I was really close with in college and um, like we re we led the, the dorm Bible study together and stuff like that. And a couple of years ago, he sent me this message and it was just like, you know, I can't talk to you anymore because of the things I was posting on Twitter and, and basically just cut me mm -hmm. off out of his life. I think the last thing he's, the last thing he said to me was depart from me. I never knew you. Oh my goodness. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> that's, that's where we're going. That's where we're at. Wow. Um, and it, yeah, it can, it can get a little, a little rough out there. <laughs> When uh, when you divide on this line of like the woke stuff, mm. it's like people literally like cut you out of their lives. They'll you know uh, what's the what's the phrase Paul uses? Um, turn turn you over to Satan. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on because you do really well at this. Uh, you know, in your tweets and in a lot of your videos, is just kind of having a joyful spirit despite. You know, Wendell Berry, who I love, has uh, this poem, The Mad Farmer Manifesto. And one of the things he says in it is, um, laugh, laughter is immeasurable. <laughs> Be joyful, though you have considered all the facts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that that is the, the, the white pill mantra right there. Mm -hmm. Be joyful, though you've considered all the facts. Um, that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on, just to talk about, like, how, how is it that you can, you know, seeing the things happening in even conservative churches, seeing the things that are going on, you know, with people who ought to be our friends, who ought to be lining up with us, attacking us. How do you remain joyful and, and have fun despite all of those things? Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm so glad that we're talking about this. And I was happy that when you had the idea and you, you mentioned to me, I was happy to talk about this because um, you, you, you just have to be relentless about it. Like, it's so easy to, to there's black pills offered to you on every you know, street corner. Every every time you log on to any social media, or even if you don't log on to social media, there's there's someone offering you a black pill. You just got to be relentlessly against it. I think one thing that that kind of helps me, and uh, this is uh, kind of happening right now. Some 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 loser on Twitter uh, dug up a picture of uh, one of my friends, uh, Rhett Koppel, <laughs> and uh, you know he's like, I guess it's like he's a very young, he's got a very young face and. Uh, no, no facial hair. He looks like a little bit of a cream puff, you know? Um, and the, the thing is yeah. like, like <laughs> some people would take that very seriously, but the thing is like, th this is what Rhett used to look like. And you know what? This is what I used to look like. We all used to be like, you know, fresh face idiots out there. You know what I mean? Like you got to remember that. So like the people that you're talking to that are acting like so foolish, you know, you got to keep a, a, a joyful attitude about it because I remember if you go back and you found somehow my Facebook, which doesn't exist anymore, you would see some of the cringiest stuff you oh, have yeah. ever seen. And like, you got to be honest with that. Like everyone's kind of on that spectrum right now. Some people are hanging <laughs> on to the cringe, right? But, but you know, you just got to say, kind of stay humble about it. Cause like I've made a fool of myself so many times and just because, you know, someone is making a fool of themselves that I respect today doesn't mean they're a bad guy. We can, ha we can all laugh about it, you know, one day. Or yeah. today. Today we can laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think you, you also, once you've been through it enough times where you've looked back at yourself and been like, good yeah. idiot, that you can do that in yep. the moment, too, where you're like, you know what, I'm probably being a yeah. clown right now. I'm putting the clown yeah. shoes on right now, and I need to stop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, AD, was it always that way for you, though? So, I'm thinking through, like, my version of what y'all have talked about is a mentor who was at Southern Seminary over Resolution 9 just turned mm. on me, you know, cut me out. And man, it rocked me. He had meant about as much to me as anybody in my life up until that point outside of Christ um, in terms of developing my my understanding of Christ. And I did not start from that pos position as a jolly yeah. culture warrior. So 
when when Jared is doing this to you or whatever, it, I mean, do you lock into that mindset immediately? Like, hey, we're gonna have a good time. So I like t- today, I probably would, but back then, no. Uh, it, it did. It's not always that way. And I think that the, the internet is is. I think the internet is is perfect for for having a jolly attitude, having fun with it. It's like the perfect medium for that. Like, I I think that if you're gonna be posting stuff online, like. Yeah, the people out there that are just posting like all this very serious, you know, I'm very concerned and this is very dangerous. Like it, like that just doesn't translate well to to the internet, in my opinion. Like people can see how miserable you are. You know what I mean? Like the internet is is for a lot of that kind of like joking around kind of thing. But but I'll be honest, like behind the scenes, you know, you know, I while I was you know having a kind of a, a jolly attitude, there were serious situations too. Like I wasn't happy that that Jared and my relationship was ruined. And I was having serious conversations about that as well. So there's a time for seriousness, of course. Um, but at the end of the day, like it, it can't just always be there and you're always lamenting and you're always sad. Like you gotta, you gotta be wise about it. Like you, there's gotta be a time for it to change. You know what I mean? There's gotta be seasons for laughter and seasons for seriousness. Like, honestly, like if it, it, you guys did an episode about the G3 dust up, uh, the one about God frustrating alliances, great episode, by the way. Um, I had a lot of fun with that, but I got to be honest, like I could have a very serious conversation with any of those guys and I would love to. Um, and there's a serious side right. of that as well. You just got to know what spots to use, which one, you know, <clears throat> because there is a fractured relationship there and that's not good. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff has talked about that before with the, the proverb, um, you know, when yeah. to answer a fool, when not to answer. And there's kind of a tension there between, you know, sometimes you got to answer according to his yeah. folly and sometimes yeah, you don't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and again, that's why you have to be kind of relentless about this because, you know, there's, again, there's always a chance, there's always an opportunity to be blackpilled. There's always an opportunity to, to take something way too seriously. Um, so you got to resist them most of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, ben, same kind of question to you. I mean, we, we met each other through online circles. So when you first were starting to realize that, you know, evangelicalism was under judgment, how do you, how do you go from whatever your first stage is there to where you are today? Was it a quick transition <laughs> for you or, I mean, what do you, what, what, what was yours like? Um, you know, that's a funny story. I think, it wasn't, it wasn't immediate. Like there was a lot of, you know, even in my own life, hand wringing over, oh, I'm losing these friends over these issues. And like, I need to take this seriously. And am I, you know, going off the wrong trail? And then I guess I met this little green frog named Apu. And he just taught me that, you know, I can embrace the absurdity and it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. Find your friends. Yeah. Right. Like, um, sometimes you just got to wear the clown suit to show the rest of the world mm-hmm. what, what they look like. Um, there's a guy, I, is it Jonathan Pajot who talks about the jester? I think we've yep. talked about it. Yep. Um, and I feel like at, at some point you've just got to be the jester who is flipping the order upside down. And in the case of a world where the order is already upside down, mm-hmm. he's the one who's turning it right. And I think, I think that's what, that's the point I've reached where it's just like, all right, I, I have embraced the absurdity. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's effective too, because. You know, if you, if you think about this and, you know, I don't know if this is a podcast all about like naming names and stuff like that, but if you think about some of the people that are like the most, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, we're fine with that. But uh, if you think about the people that are like the most like uptight, you know, serious all the time, you know, wet blankets out there, there's really not nothing but like, there's no mass appeal there. There's no, there's nothing attractive about that. Nobody wants to be like that. And even if you agree with them a lot of the time, it's like, it's not. There's nothing compelling there. You know what I mean? Regular Joes, like, they're okay with it. You know, there's, there's curmudgeons everywhere. But, like, I don't know. It's just, it's strategically, it's a terrible look to be too uptight, especially as things get crazier and crazier. Like, the more uptight you get, more serious you are as things get insane. Like, yeah, these are serious issues. Everybody knows that. But, like, we also have to think strategically about how, how to engage it, you know? Um, it, it, I don't really know how to put this in a, into a point, but there's a time for everything. And I think that sometimes we just got to get nuts, you know, to face what's, what's happening here, you know, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> no, one, no, one, no one's going to get that joke, but there's this clown 
Pepe meme and we'll call it being honk pilled. And it's just like being absurd. I put the context clues but. together, but I didn't know that was a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> the honk pill. Well, I'm going to turn it uh, in the in, in the way you just told me not to, to be just a little serious here real quick. So this week, I have had two conversations with two different ladies, one in her 40s, still raising children, kind of the ideal um, Christian woman with her theological priorities straightened out and very serious about the things she's supposed to be serious about. The other uh, is, a, is a, a lady in her 80s. She's um, raised a family. Uh, missionary to you know overseas. Um, both of them were more black pilled than I was prepared to when I went into the conversation. I knew some things were tough, but like this was deep, dark black pill. And one of the, um, I don't think there's a magic bullet at that stage, but one of the things that I told them both to lean into, and I'm wondering if you guys resonate with this, um, is lean into your sense of duty before Christ. Because when I when I first started running into this stuff, and I knew someone needed to say something about, you know, how crazy this is publicly, and I had, you know, basically I concluded I've got a responsibility before Christ to tell the truth in this hour, whatever that looks like. Again, I, I think duty drives you through some of the initial stages of being mm -hmm. freaked out about how bad it really is out there. You, you kind of cultivate this sense that I have an obligation to Christ to agree with Him in public. Yeah, I think especially if, if you've already taken the black pill, that's kind of the only way to escape is to recognize what your duty with Christ is. You know, ideally you don't ever get so far that that's the only thing you have left because there really is. I mean, you think about the various different kind of dust ups that we've gotten into in the past couple of years, there's so much to be joyful about and there's so much funny about all of it yeah. that it it's like, for me at this point, it's, it's yeah. hard to consider being black because there's just so much that's funny about what's going on. Um, but if you're already there, yeah, that, that has to be the first thing you think about. All right. You know, maybe I do think everything is hopeless and lost, but actually, you know, it's not because Jesus wins and he's told me, here's how he's going to. You ever read Tolkien mm. on the long defeat? I have not. Yeah. I mean, ironically, I read it on gospel coalition, probably, I don't know, around the same time <laughs> we were talking about with Trump coming up and whatnot, but. I think Tolkien, when he wrote that, would be described as incredibly black-peeled. He basically thought, I mean, what you see in kind of Middle Earth, everything's going to go into decline. But in effect, he said, enjoy the good meals along the way, do what you can to honor Christ, and live the long defeat. And uh, it's been, I mean, it's been oddly encouraging. I don't know that I believe we're in the long defeat. I don't think we are. But having someone like him say, look, man, it may all go to pot in your lifetime, but that's okay. God gave you good meal and good smoke and good conversation along the way. Uh, that's reward enough. This is the thing. Like a lot of this is in very, very infectious, yeah. you know, because I've, I've kind of learned how to deal with people slandering me uh, from other people that I saw them and I, I like their example. The, the examples I don't like are, and, 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 and I, I hate to say this, I love this guy. So whatever, let me just, let me just hedge real quick. The example I don't like <laughs> is when James White gets into trouble, what he does. And I love James White. So again, don't hear me slandering him here. I, I like him. But I don't like when he does this. He gets into trouble. And what he does is he puts on a bow tie and he fires up his camera and he responds very, you know, carefully and logically because that's what he's, that's how he is. And it, he does well. Like he doesn't have a, it's not an issue to me, but like I, I always felt like, he, he was on the defensive all the time like that. And I didn't want to respond that way, right? There were others, uh, th and there's yeah. a few guys like this, that would, um, would draw attention to it, and they'd laugh about it, and you know, they'd, you know, maybe they'd pick it apart a little bit, but they wouldn't take it all that seriously, right? Um, and, and they'd kind of laugh about it. And like, that, to me, was attractive, because it, to me, that, sh that was not someone that was on the defensive. That was someone that was... Um, embracing the slander and be like, look how crazy these people are, right? Like, this is insane. And, and that's infectious. Like, that, that to me was very attractive. And so that's kind of how I, the first time I was landered, uh, slandered in, in print, some, uh, a crazy lady said that I was pro-sex abuse and that I was, uh, um, I, for, I forget, oh, I, I wanted uh, uh, rape victims to be executed. You know, blatant lies, right? 
And so I just, I, I fired up the camera and I, I, I don't know, yeah. basically laughed for 20 minutes. Like, this is insane. And by the way, I'm glad that you draw attention to God's law because God's law is actually pretty good here. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Um, and so I didn't ask them to repent in sackcloth. Like, you, you must apologize. Like, I knew they wouldn't. So who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. So I don't know. I, it, people see that and they go, wow, you just, someone just like said a vicious lie about you and you actually don't care. It's like, yeah, well, the reason I don't care is because at the end of the day, like, what can they really do to me? Yeah, they could, I could get fired or something, but I, you know, I believe that God's got my back. I believe that he's vouchsafed my journey here. So like, I, I really do believe that. Let me lean into this, 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 uh, to borrow a big Eva term into this, uh, this, uh, slander. Um, people see that and then they start handling it that way. They start having joy when they're slandered. Like when you get slandered, the Bible literally says you should rejoice. You know what I mean? It's a command. You should do it. Um, you don't need to get all stuffy about it, right? So um, it's infectious. You see people doing it and you want to do it. You see, see someone putting a poo meme up there uh, when someone's saying something crazy about you. It's like, you know, you want to you you get in on that. Like, it's like, how does, how does, how does he just not care? <laughs> you know, this is serious here, you know? Um, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like when you, when you react very serious, taking them so seriously, I feel like sometimes it plays into their hands all the more, you know? <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys remember, um, and this may, this may have been one of those catalyst moments for me. I'm sure you guys remember it. Uh, Donald Trump's doing a press conference and somebody stands up and says, well, Ilhan Omar said that you're a racist for what, you know, such and such a reason. And he just <laughs> exactly. looks at him, waves his hand and says, who cares? Who cares? Yes. That it, I learned so much in that moment about how to deal with yes. insane. It, it, he did it and, and he delivered it so perfectly. You know, it was just such a perfect delivery. And it was funny because he, he, he yeah. like asked her to repeat the question. And I'm pretty sure he definitely heard the question. He just wanted her to get it on record again, <laughs> just so he could deliver the line. <laughs> it was just so well executed. And you're so right. That's the exact, <laughs> I find that very um, encouraging. I, that emboldens me. I feel like stuff like that, you don't actually have to take them mm -hmm. seriously at all. <laughs> and that's what bothers them the most. Yes, absolutely. I was, I was thinking about that in the context of, you know, everyone's favorite target, Doug Wilson. When, when he doesn't respond to a criticism, it makes the mobs yeah. even, you know, they, they get into even more of an uproar because he just won't play their game. And, you know, Trump does the same exact thing. He just, well, yeah, he didn't yeah. do the same exact thing. I think more recently he lost the art, but, you know, you just don't play the game. Well, and Doug's is so compelling because he'll chortle, sorry, to, uh, he'll chortle and kind of make a crack at his own expense or their expense. And then he's just on to something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's like based Santa Claus. And you're like, man, that's wonderful. I was just going to say, like, like, this is not the only reason I do it. I do it because... I'll, we'll talk about maybe why I, I, I'm so relentless about this in a minute. But strategically, you know, this is very important because they're, the, our enemies have a rigged game so often. You know, they think that they're going to do, they're going to, you know, you know, do a story on you. They're going to put you in the New York Times. They're going to put you in their publication, and then you're going to be discredited. You know what I mean? And then like they, like they, it's a rigged game. Like you're not going to get a fair shake with yeah. these people, right? And so you, if, if the game is rigged, don't play that game. You know, play your own game. You, you know what I mean? You have to play a different game if you're going to win. Mm -hmm. uh, or just don't play at all. You, know? you can just ignore them completely. Um, so strategically, I think that, that having a lot of fun with it and, 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 and having joy in it and not being scared of their... There's the one lo loser, crazy person who may or may not be a Fed that thinks I'm an anti-Semite and stuff like that. And I'm always throwing them red meat. You know what I mean? Because it's like, sure, yeah, <laughs> I actually don't care about this, but here you go. Here's some yeah. red meat. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and, um, you know, so just, just like I, I, that, that game, anyone who would be convinced by the little game he's playing, I, I'm really, I, I just, I can't do anything with that anyway. So what's the difference? Um, anyway, so strategically, it's, it's, I think it's very important. Um, more yeah. so than that, than the strategy, I have to do it because like, I would not enjoy life as much if I didn't do it. I do it mostly for my own enjoyment um, because I like fighting for the Lord. It's fun. <laughs> and as long as I'm having fun in it, I'm going to keep doing it. So I'm going to find ways to have fun serving the Lord. Um, 
that's important. You know, I, I don't think so. I don't think everyone thinks that having a good time and, and enjoying serving God is uh, important, but I think it is because you, you do things you enjoy, you know? So if it's okay, uh, Ben, I'd like to, this is brought together like the points I need for the coaching I'm requesting. Is that, is that okay? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay. So AD, I want to ask you about something that I see similar with you and Doug, that you do a good job of this sort of jolly approach to craziness and, and you know, the culture and whatnot. So I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago and Doug was speaking and Doug is talking kind of on this point. And he says, one of the ways you know you're qualified to be in this kind of fight mm. is if you legitimately love the person who is attacking you. If you can say, I want the best for them, and you respond to them from a place of love for them. And I take what Doug has to say pretty seriously. Um, and I thought about that. And here's where, I'm, here's where I'm torn. I really am angry a lot. If you knew me in real life, I'm a, I'm a pretty fun guy to hang out. I think the people around me uh, would tell you that I like to have a good time. I cut up, right? I'm not, I'm not like defined by anger. But when you think about, I don't know if you saw this, but like Brent Leatherwood, it looks at this point like they paid for the Covenant shooter's funeral, but left the janitor and one of the victim families out in the cold to to run a GoFundMe to pay for their funerals. Sure. I legitimately like am disgusted by that, and I'm super angry about it. And so I do pray mm. about these things, and I'm like, Lord, bring them to ruin. Either ruin what they're doing in repentance or just ruin them. And so I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately, introspectively kind of torn between love your enemies and the text that never gets talked about is, do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And so, I mean, I'm being a little facetious here because I'm not really like uh, in turmoil over this, but those wolves live inside of me. And the, the one that's like angry, I'm angry about what Pete Buttigieg is up to. I'm, I'm legitimately angry at him about it. Have y'all thought about what the appropriate Christian, um, I don't want to say balance or tension because those things aren't pulling against each other, but how are those things united in, in the kind of craziness we're seeing ourselves? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, for, for, for my, for my perspective, um, there's always a time for, for legitimate anger and legitimate frustration. If you, if you ever watch my content, which I don't know if you guys do, but if you do, um, you know, I, I'm not always joking around, right? I'll get serious. I'll raise my voice. You know, I'll get sad on occasion. Um, not too often. So don't get, don't get all crazy on me, but, um, uh, but like there's time. Yeah. There are things that should legitimately anger you. Um, I think though that, that as you're, as you're engaging with some of that content, if you choose to, as, just as long as like you're, relentless about not letting that overtake you you know what i mean because the people that are always posting about these serious you know threats and everything's serious everything's a four alarm emergency everything's dangerous everyone's wolf-like everyone's uh you know you know on a dangerous path or whatever um it's just it's not like again like you look at that kind of stuff and there's nothing attractive about it you're not you're not winning people you know, with that kind of, you're a stick in the mud. Nobody wants to hang out with you. Nobody wants to talk to you. You know what I mean? Like, um, for, to me, that's where maybe some of the strategy has to come into play. You need to, there are people that honestly, that I don't engage with. I just can't, um, I'll give you, I'll give you a name right now. Like if there's a, there's a handful of people that if they wanted me on their show, I would just say, no, one of them is Joel McDermott. I could not keep my cool with him. I just couldn't, I, I, I just cannot understand and 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 that that doesn't make any sense it's no it's not logical it's not like he's like a major factor in my life i don't really know him i've talked to him once like i just don't get it i don't get what he's done i and it, and it makes me angry and so i wouldn't do it because i don't want to lose my cool you know um so i think that i i, I have situations like that in my life but i just I, I i'm relentless about not letting it really happen like you know publicly if possible <laughs> you know what i mean um does that does that make sense at all? I, I don't know if that makes sense. I, I yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> a man's got to know his limits, you know. A man's got to know his limits. And and Leatherwood always seemed like a ridiculous figure to me. So like I I have I would have no qualms, you know, interacting with him in a in a in a joking manner or mocking him. But but I I understand what you're saying. I mean, the guy's pretty despicable. I get it, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we, I think probably Jeff, the, the main, like if we're, if we're doing a, a triage yeah. of issues, the main issue isn't that guys like you are getting too angry too often. It's that we are not angry enough about the things that are, that are happening. Like I remember listening to AD, you did the, the good faith debates. And I remember listening to the, the, the Jen Wilkin one. And there were some moments in that, that I was like, I was, I was upset to say the least. And you know what? It was, it was a righteous anger. Um, The, I watched the Southern Baptist convention a little bit on the live stream. And when the, the last five Southern Baptist presidents got up to make this motion to basically undo the law amendment next year, I was legitimately angry and it was it, like, it's right to be angry. I, and I think we're, we're so afraid of being angry about stuff like that, that we, like it, it, that's such a sin because, you know, Jesus is gentle and lowly that I think, I think we've so de-emphasized the fact that you, you ought to be angry at sin and angry when people are, are playing the game like that and you can see them do it and you have no power to stop it. That's the time to actually be angry. And then to remember the vengeance is the Lord's and maybe pray a few imprecations. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think so. I, there's definitely, there's a, like, like I said in the beginning, there's, there's like a season, there's a time for everything. You gotta, you gotta have occasions that c- combine with each of these kinds of things. Like, you know, big Eva's, you know, there, there's, there's only a time for building up. There's never a time for tearing down. What are you talking about? Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says there's a time for tearing down. There's a time for building up, you know? And so, uh, yeah, this 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 is all legitimate. These kinds of emotions, these kinds of feelings about these situations are totally legitimate. I think, like, you know, every one of us knows the kind of Twitter accounts that I'm talking about. That it's just like a pattern. Everything's the a federal case. Vocal distance is like that. Like, there's just no chill there. There's nothing attractive about vocal distance. Nothing, because it's just everything's like the worst thing. Oh, we're dealing with dog. We're doing this. Everything's so serious. Oh, kinism. Here it is again. You know and it's like, I like, I don't know, like, do, would anyone ever want to have a beer with local distance, a Bud Light? Like, no, but. Yeah. Well, to, yeah, to your, <laughs> <laughs> to your point, do you remember back in, yes. what was it, like the early 2000s when J.D. Hall was real big with uh, Pulpit and Pen? Um, who wanted to hang out with that guy? Like, he was mad about everything all the time. And, and he had some good points at times. But like there, there was no like nobody who would want to be around that. Even if you agreed with him, would you really want to hang out with him? Um, and I think that's something that this generation of like it's not even discernment ministry anymore. But like the guys who are doing this kind of work now have figured it out. Like actually, if you have some yeah, fun, yeah, absolutely, laugh, people are going to be more inclined to see your point. Well, and the Lord has lined up the best possible lineup of bad guys for us to do that with, right? Like <laughs> that's true. I was thinking about you talking about those good faith conversations. Like it, it is easier yeah. to do with some of these dudes. So like Jake Mador, you cannot watch him <laughs> without just cackling. Right. But for me, Matthew Lee Anderson hits me from an entirely different place. And I'm like, I just think you're a snake. But in general, we just have this. What I mean, it's basically a drag queen story, our lineup of bad guys in the evangelical church. And they look just as ridiculous. So the Lord has been kind to sort of preload the canon for us on that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. No, and, and that's and that's a good point about JD Hall because, you know, I had the I had the the chance to speak with him privately a couple of times, you know, and um I, I was just very taken aback by how normal and how 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 much of a good guy he was because I was expecting based on what I saw on the internet um him to be like he is on the internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he wasn't. And so it's like, yeah, I could hang out with this dude now that I knew him. So it was almost like Something he was almost, I don't know if I'm not, I don't want to say he was putting it on, but almost it, it was the way he did it online. Mm-hmm. That was the way he did it, you know? And um, I don't know why he chose that. If he thought that was the right move, the right yeah. strategy or what, or it's just maybe this is how he came out, but it just wasn't the right thing a lot of the time. Because, and here's the problem with this it's, it's there's no range. It's like, it's like there's no sense of proportion. Some things are not as serious as other things. But if you go by some of the some like like local distances, Twitter feed or stuff like that, everything is just as much of an emergency. Everything is just as bad, just as evil. Like there's no there's no sense of proportion. And that's not how life is. 
Life is not like that. J- dealing with Jake Meader is very different than dealing with someone like Russell Moore or something like that, where like, and, 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 and you're, the way you engage should be different because they're different people. One of them, you can just mock out of the room just instantly because of the way he presents himself, the way he looks, the way he talks. It's just like, it's, it's embarrassing. But like the other one is, uh, you know, he meets the president. He's a, kind of a slippery little snake and, and you got to deal with him separately. We just have to have different tones, different voices, different things for different situations. And when, you, when you're constantly always, everything's so serious, everything becomes vanilla. It's just the same. And it's just like, it, it, you know, people lose interest in that very quickly. Look, I am with you on the distinction you just drew, but it does. He really does. Eddie Munster. Also, we have to acknowledge that Russ Moore looks like the evil ventriloquist dummy from Goosebumps. It's true. Right? Like, <laughs> even he is sort of in the Jake Mador camp in a certain way. I always say that Russ Moore looks like he's a guy wearing a Russ Moore mask that doesn't. But you're so right, right, though. It's it's like God God has really kind of stacked the deck in our favor here. Like we can <laughs> laugh our way to victory based on what's happening here. You know what I mean? It's just like it's it, it's it's pretty insane uh, how th- how crazy things have gotten. And if you're not laughing now, I mean, I I don't really know what to tell you. <laughs> Yeah. You know, that's what I think about with um, like some of the interactions with like the G3 guys who I genuinely think like probably agree with us fundamentally about a lot of these things. But like we're, we're standing here looking at what's going on and saying, Are you guys seeing this? And it's it's like they're not like they're, it's something they're like missing the the social cue that's like this is hilarious and we need to mock it. Yeah, well, that that whole thing, um, I obviously I have no way to really kind of verify this, but but my inclination on that is that a lot more people gave, you know, guys like William Wolf and Stephen Wolf and, you know, even you guys and, you know, Joel Webbin a hearing because of how we interacted. We, we won that interaction. And I mean that from a maybe not from like a argumentation perspective, because there really wasn't any argumentation, but I, mm-hmm. people saw that. And that really hurt G3. And that's a shame because I like G3. You know, it didn't have to be that way. Um, but they hurt their brand big time, big time. And I think they know it. <laughs> They're, you know, I think they know it. And so um, that's what happens when you have no sense of humor about something that there should be a bit of a sense of humor about. Or, or, or there should be some joyful, uh, like, gunslinging. Like, we should be attacking each other in a way that's that's a little bit lighter than that. That was way too serious. It got way too serious way too quickly. And so when you do that, um, you, you actually often end up hurting yourself a lot of the time, especially when you're misfiring. And that's the thing. We all misfire. And so like, you got to protect yourself a little bit. If you misfire and you're doing it in like a kind of a light kind of a way, a lighthearted kind of way, it doesn't hurt you as much as if you do it and you're ultra serious. Yes, he's definitely a racist. And then like, it turns out that you misquoted him or whatever. You look like an idiot and it hurts your brand. I don't want G3's brand to be hurted, but that's a very good case study. I mean, I think Joel Webbins' channel grew tremendously during that. Good for him because I like Joel. Um, and I think a lot of people were given a hearing that otherwise wouldn't. Uh, someone that wouldn't have read Stephen Wolf's book probably read it because of that dust up. And, you know, we probably got a bunch more friends. Yeah, I, th- I think... I made like a thousand followers off of a stupid Mexican guy video that I made. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, oh. oh, yeah. 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 And the thing about that is like, that's a perfect example. Like, let's just say you, that was so evil and slanderous and stuff like that. The response to that has to, you have to laugh that off. You have to. If it's so wrong and so, you know, I think sometimes when you respond, it, what it looks like to a, an untrained observer is yeah. maybe there was a little bit of truth there. You know what I mean? That hit a little too close to home. Yeah. And so if it's totally wrong, you, you have to like discipline yourself, to either ignore it or just laugh it off. You just have to. You don't have to, but you should. Yeah. You, you know, this is one of those things that I feel like guys who have worked in a factory or something like that have just a, a sense of because you go into a job like that, you're, you're going to immediately get hazed for some, some reason or another. And if your reaction is yeah, to oh, react man. like badly to it, to, to push back against it, to fight it, 
or even worse, go like talk to your boss, you, you will never make it in that job. Like forever, you will be branded as the guy who can't take a joke. But if you join in on it, then, you know, you're mu- that, you know, it's not immediate, but you're that much closer to being a part of the group. Well, we've talked about that in the past, that having a laugh is an invitation, right? Yeah. You, you, you're saying, come laugh with me. And it may be at yourself, but, yeah. it, you know, sort of having principles to come out of this with, I mean, one of the things to do is to know the difference between throwing a punch and uh, poking somebody in the ribs, right? You know, professional wrestlers would call it ribbing someone where you're just having a, a you know, a laugh together at one of, one of your uh, expense. And that's very different from like squaring up with an enemy and saying, it's time to, it's time to throw hands or whatever. Uh, locker room culture and things like that aren't all bad. They, uh, they, you know, they do treat, they do teach a lot of really good lessons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I agree completely. I, I think, I, I think we talked about that on, was that on the frustrating alliances episode where sometimes, you know, a poke in the ribs is a, a way of t- telling a guy, Hey, you're getting, you're getting a little out of line. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. profitable bullying. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it was on the, I think it was on the episode about the institutional bravery, but yeah, it, there, there's so, so much value in, you know, maybe one of your friends is, is getting out of pocket. And so you, you know, post the meme and it's, it's a way of saying, Hey buddy, come on back to the fold. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's, and, and honestly, that's, that's happened to me before. And, the signal was definitely received. You, you know what I mean? Well, I mean that, you know, uh, you know, maybe I should. And, and the thought process was, oh, was not, oh, this guy hates me. This guy's against me. You know, it wasn't like that. It was like, maybe I should have thought that one through a little bit more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let me, let me, maybe, maybe that one wasn't my best, you know, and, um, or maybe it was, and it was just, uh, he disagrees with me and that's fine. Yeah. We gotta like, we gotta remember again that like, we are capable of posting tremendous cringe you know what I mean? Some of us are still doing it, but we, we've all done it. And so you, you, you gotta, you gotta resist yes. that urge to be like so offended because it's possible. It's very possible that you've posted some serious cringe. We've kind of done an inadvertent post uh, mortem on some of the kind of <laughs> dust ups that, you know, to use the term Ben did earlier. But what you just said is what I would think of as the Jason Farley corollary. Um, I love those guys, man. But, just coming out and be like, dude, we got a little over our skis would have really made everything much better in that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, so here's what I'll say about that, because I, I listened to that very recently. In, in fact, I was on a I was on a golf cart driving to uh, the, the local supermarket in the Dominican when I was listening to that podcast. I remember exactly where I was when I heard you talk about that. And uh, I remember when that all went down and um, I thought that the memes were great. You know what I mean? Um, I thought that there were certain people that got really offended and i thought like man like <laughs> these people got to lighten up you know like it wasn't that big a deal um but the memes were great but but again like i think that that you're right the way that that was handled on <laughs> the cross politics side was just it was a little it was strange <laughs> it was it was very strange um i think that yeah you 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 don't have to i think there's a temptation to try to uh, kind of emulate what doug does in controversies um but that's not always the right thing to do either. Like sometimes you can just ignore it or sometimes say, yeah, you know, I was, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot sometimes, you know, so, even something stupid like that, like just like a very, uh, <laughs> it doesn't have to make a big deal. You don't have to defend it. You don't have to like explain it. You can just say, you know, I'm liable for a few of those every now and then. You, you know what I mean? You don't even have to apologize and it would have done a lot of good because you're not taking it all that seriously. You're not taking it too seriously. I think that the response Mm-hmm. took it too seriously almost like we got to like think this one through and really like come up with some kind of point about it like a serious point when it was a not a serious point it was a serious point like you don't have to be serious about it yes very similar to um what you were saying about james white who i also love and owe a lot to in my theological development so don't take this as an attack but you know, you don't need six dividing lines on why the the joke that you posted on Twitter is not like a bad thing. Like, just let it go. You know. <laughs> I 
he, he, I love, I, I, like on the one hand, I, 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 it's not the right move, but I, I love it in the sense that it's very predictable because I remember the time, the, the time that he said something about the, the video with the black boy, I think he was like littering or something. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the people said he was racist. It was just, I knew like, I, I knew the next episode was going to be him in a bow tie and he was going to be explaining in a very logical, and I was probably going to agree with all of it. You know, and he—that's exactly what he did. And I love the guy, and he reminds me of my own father. And my father would probably do that. You know what I mean? Like, but it's just not—it's not what I want to emulate. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think. <laughs> oh, not to get us off topic. But I remember that exact controversy and i remember his first response was to post a picture of him as a kid with his black friend oh of course oh, they, no. they, they that. really oh no which just made it 10 times worse for all of the you know the wrong people but hilarious that's really funny i i almost uh yeah the, do you remember in the in the christian nationalist thing he's he's he responded to me the please stop or just stop or whatever it was um stop just stop I almost uh, put a bow tie on for my for my next episode to explain myself. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't want people to think I was making fun of him, so I didn't. But that that that's what he would have done. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That that is, yeah. That's actually a really great point, though. In in this, is there is no. a real sense in which the fifth commandment matters no, no. and yeah. you know, especially okay. with a guy like James white or these older guys, we're not, you know, we're not out here trying to, to destroy our fathers. No. In fact, you know, honestly, the very first content I ever did was uh, a, a video of two black guys kind of ripping James white. And I was, I, 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 I kind of defended him in, in my first video content. Cause you know, that's not, you know, I, I love the guy, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, one thing that I'm going to throw out there uh, for somebody listening, if um, if anybody's interested mm. from the G3 and the Fight Left Feast yes. stuff with Farley, is that I've learned at some point I'm going to be attacked from my right and they're going to have a good point. Yeah. And I need to be prepared to say, oh, 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 oh okay. Actually, yeah, you have found something. Because like you guys probably do the same thing. I'm constantly getting attacked right. from the right, but it's not people that I think have anything to offer because I'm like, well, I, you actually probably sound like, you know, you're probably a racist. I don't really care what you have to say, but some dime down the road, somebody's going to have a point from my right. And I've got to just kind of bite and be like, you know what? You really got me. I'm going to, I'm going to adjust to accommodate that. Yeah. 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 And honestly, that is, that's, that's that, to me, like when that kind of thing happens, I like that. I, when I see someone, when I see someone uh, adjust or, and again, maybe they don't even apologize. They just admit, you know, I went a little too far. I was, you know, whatever. I, I like seeing that's attractive to me. I, 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 that's something I think that's worth emulating um, as well. Um, because again, you're not taking your own words. be like the gospel, like the gospel truth, like your, your own words are not infallible. Your own words are not so serious that they cannot be questioned. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that's actually a great point, especially for like guys who are starting to get a platform now, um, and they're they're making a lot of great points about a lot of various different issues. There can be a real danger in never being able to be wrong now. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, I I remember hearing. I can't can't really talk too much about it, but it was a Bill Burr clip, uh, and he's talking about. Why can't you I mean, talk about it, Ben? Come on now. <laughs> It was on Joe Rogan. They were talking about fights they used to get into in Boston. Anyway, um, but he talked about these two guys who get into this kind of verbal sparring match. And as soon as one of them, one of them says to the other guy, first of all, don't touch me. And it immediately set them into this, like, now I have to get one over on the other guy attitude. And I think sometimes that can happen mm-hmm. with, especially people who have platforms on social media, mm-hmm. is as soon as they hear a criticism, yeah. they're immediately in that space where like, first of all, don't touch me. And now you're each trying to get over one over on the other guy. For sure. All right. Well, AD, you've been generous with your time. We're coming up on an hour here, man. Tell me, tell me, are there any unexplored nuggets of joyfully culture warring uh, that, that we haven't brought up yet? Yeah. You know, I, I again, I, I think that the, the, there's a strategic value to this. I think that lots of people, you know, p- even people that hate your positions, 
um, will see how you act and they'll be like, oh, he's not such a bad guy, you know, and, and they'll and they'll be willing to like kind of hear you out a lot more. So there's a strategic element of that. Um, but at the same time, though, I, that's not why I do it. I do it because I don't want to be the kind of guy that is um, that is just like like that that binge that binge clicks Drudge Report and thinks that the everything's the worst and everything's like the most serious thing. You know, we're gonna be in World War Three tomorrow, and we got like the the sky is falling. Like I like the way to avoid that is to remember that God has 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 got you he's got your back he's going to protect you and even if he doesn't you know he's still got you long term um like you have to remember that joy is a command he's asked you he's told you not to fear he's told you to rejoice he's told you when th bad things happen to you on his account like that you should re be rejoicing and so you just have to like you know, you have to you have to be relentless about it. And you, what you'll find is as you get through some of these instances, like like right now, if someone were to write an article in uh, the Christian post and, and say some kind of lie about me, um, it honestly it wouldn't even register right now as something to worry about. Like it's happened. It's happened a number of times. And each time. I worried about it less. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so there's there's a there's a joy in this and I, and and again like I've gotten to the point now where if somebody lies about me about something that the scripture says it's like I'm almost happy that someone's drawing attention to the scripture because it's actually correct here and it's good and all this stuff. And so um do it because it 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 it's God's command but also because the more you do it and the more you practice the more you'll enjoy serving the Lord, the more you'll enjoy um, taking heat um, on his behalf like that. Like you, you do learn to enjoy it. And um, I've even had and, and, and actually this is something that Jared said to me before he kind of cut me off completely. Jared Wilson in an email, he was really trying to zing me. And he said, it's not what you say. It's just that the, the, the way you say it, it's the sport that you seem to have. And it. it's the way you enjoy it is what he said. And I was like, you're, you're right. I am enjoying it. Like, this is, this is fun to me. You know what I mean? So he's exactly right. He was trying to zing me, but I took it as a huge compliment. And um, things, you, you do things you enjoy. And so if you, if you cultivate this, I, first of all, I promise it gets easier. And second of all, it will encourage you to continue serving God because it continues to be fun. Um, I don't know, like, like, like you, it doesn't hurt you. Like you don't, you don't, you don't dread making the new meme, right? It's fun to you and it is fun and everyone's having fun with you. And it's like, it's, it's, it's not even work. <laughs> it's not even work. And you're actually doing, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't know yeah. if you ever feel like maybe you're not doing anything of value. You're doing something of tremendous value. Maybe not all of the memes. Some of them probably are stinkers, you know, but there are some good, there are some good, there's some good stuff there that, that has really helped. Um, and so that that's why I do it. It's just it's because I enjoy it and I want to enjoy serving God more. So it's hard. I mean, it must be very difficult for these people that take themselves uber seriously um, and they're miserable all the time. Like it must be hard to serve God in that way because it's it's hard to like muster up in yourself the energy to do something you don't like doing. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, that that's just kind of my main my main takeaway here i i like it and that's why i do it <laughs> <laughs> you know that that reminds me of when i came into the reformed world i came in kind of through the um the scott clark sort of truly reformed uh segment of reformed theology and i heard talk about a group of people who really love having a good time right right exactly i heard all of these nasty horrible things yeah. about these patriarchal people how awful they were yep. to each other and how much they hated each other and how, you know, just everything was bad. And then I met some of these people and I was like, they love yeah. their lives. Like they have a good time. They enjoy this. And, and that more than anything, I think made me interested in figuring out, okay, is this actually, are, are they as wrong as I thought they were? Um, and so I think to somebody who's listening to this and maybe isn't quite getting what we're saying, like, come on in. The water's fine. Like you've this. I think this podcast has been an, an excellent example of what we're talking about. Is you can have a good time and take the Bible seriously and love the Word of God and and believe that all of it is true and still laugh 
and enjoy yourself. Like you don't have to be some stuck up stuffy, you know, fundy quote unquote. Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing because the, the same kind of criticism is currently being levied about the people that are in the Christian nationalist camp. It's that we, we can't get along. We're going to be killing each other soon. And it's like, like, like I know you wish that was the case, but I, I'm in some of these groups where we have some pretty sharp disagreements on various things. Right. And we're all getting along and we're all, you know, memeing on each other and having a great time. Like, like, I don't know. Like, it's just not the reality. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not the reality. We're we're actually, we play nicely together. And that's the other thing, too. Some of the truly reformed types will say, it, it's like they almost, it's almost like they have no social skills whatsoever. Um, they can't, every, they, they can't play nice with people that minorly disagree with them. It's just like, it's, it's very, and it's not just the truly reformed people. It's, it's other people in reform circles, too. They just, social skills are, are lacking. Um, it doesn't have to be that way, though. You can have normal social lives and fun and, and have a good time and, you know, not have to hate each other for disagreeing on certain things. Um, and everything's fine, man, because it's fun to serve the Lord. It is. It doesn't have to be stuck up. It doesn't have to be stuffy. It doesn't have to be, you know, hating people, hating on people all the time. It doesn't have to be that way. And, and I think a lot of us demonstrate that every single day, and we're going to continue to do it. Um, and I think in that way, our our positions are going to grow because people are going to be attracted to them. <clears throat> and they're right. That's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Any final thoughts, Jeff? This doesn't have to be long, and it may be catching you too cold to do this, but we have mentioned Doug Wilson is somebody who does this well. Um, obviously, AD does this well. Uh, Ad mentioned Rhett Koppel, who I think we're all friends with and really appreciate. Yeah, is there anybody else out there on Twitter that you think, man, this guy does a good job of modeling some of the things we're trying to encourage here? And while you guys think of it, I'm going to throw two names in the hopper um, that that listeners can go find if they want to. Both of these guys are on Twitter, and that's where I kind of see their stuff. But there's a dude out there named Larry Farlow, and that's his Twitter handle. Um, oh, you know he he was the he was a pastor at my old podcast co-hosts church um the regular reform guys he was alan's uh one of his pastors yeah that's how i met him actually and larry is great larry knows when to be funny and when to be serious and i really appreciate that guy um john whitehead is another he's an sbc bro and uh john's sense of humor is perfectly calibrated to just crack me up every time he makes a, a dry joke but if you follow him on Twitter, you'll see, I think, a pretty good example of somebody who knows when to have a good time and when to be like, hey, this is pretty serious. Yeah, I don't know if I can think of anyone off the top of my head. Um, and I know you're trying to wrap up, but but that point you just made is someone who knows when, what time it is, like what time it's to be funny, what time is it to be serious. That's the key, because uh, you can't just always make jokes either, because then serious, like nobody's ever going to take you seriously. It's got to be. You got to employ the right thing for the right time. That's the key. So if this guy Larry's doing that, and, and what was the other guy's name? John Whitehead. Yeah, that's that's the key right there. Those are the kind of people you like to follow. Um, you know, you know, one guy who I like uh, who who does this actually. Now that I think about it, um, Wiley. Uh, uh, yep, that's a great call. C R Wiley. Yeah, that's the guy. Um, He's a great guy, and there's actually somebody that goes to his church. He's a, he doesn't really have a huge presence. This guy named Nick Storm. He's similar. Uh, I think he goes to C.R. Wiley's church, so you know that would make yeah. sense. Um, yeah, N.I.K. N.I.K. Storm. He was a Gab guy, but he's on Twitter now. Um, anyway, yeah, good stuff, man. Oh, I think I think I know him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, I, I think it would be a mistake not to mention Dusty Devers. D Dusty's great because he's a perfect example because he's involved in all this uh, uh, abolition stuff and abortion stuff. Nothing could be more serious than that. But like, yes, he's also at the same time willing to joke around and stuff w w when somebody comes after him and like, you know, says something about him and, you know, tries to make fun of him. Like he doesn't take himself too seriously, but he takes those babies seriously, which he should. It's like the exact perfect example. <laughs> well, and the thing about Dusty is, if we had a healthy evangelicalism, that guy would be leading institutions. Like, he is super bright. That's right. He has a spine of steel, and he has a, he does, he, I mean, he has a good time. Like, one of the reasons people love 
to be involved with the abolitionists is they're doing important work and they have a good time doing it. Yeah, absolutely. So, AD, man, thanks for your time. This has been great. Uh, ben, thanks for setting this up. Anything you're working on right now you want to promo? Nah, man. I'm, uh, I'm actually uh, um, kind of slowing down a little bit of the longer form video stuff. But what I am doing is I'm putting uh, short videos, like two-minute videos, because I refuse to pay uh, for Twitter, uh, on Twitter. And so follow me on Twitter because a lot of the content going forward is going to be in kind of short snippet versions, just kind of off the cuff on there. Um, and what I'll do is if I have a longer thought, I'll do like a video thread. So I would just follow me on Twitter, 80 Robles Media on Twitter. Well, Ben, my friend, I have emptied my bag. You want to take us out? Sure. Um, if you are listening, we would appreciate if you would stop by uh, Apple, whatever it's called, iTunes, and leave us a review and a rating. Uh, or subscribe to the podcast. That is very helpful for getting other listeners out there. And we're very thankful for you listening. Um, if you want to find me, you can find me at Bendelwary on Twitter or on Gab now. All right. Um, and Jeff is uh, merely J Wright on Twitter. Yeah, and Wright Jeff on Gab. Yeah. Thank you for listening. 